Just a quick note before we start the show, this episode was recorded during COVID-19 with social distancing in mind. The saying goes, so goes Jackson, so goes Mississippi. There's a lot of people that haven't believed that for a long time. I think attitudes are starting to change. This is Soul Sessions, conversations on culture from Jackson, Mississippi. I'm Paul Wolf, along with Kim Lewis, bringing you a look at the people, places, and events that make us the city with soul. And today's guest is Tim Mask, president of MWB. Safe to say that many people in Jackson and throughout the state of Mississippi recognize Tim's name, and they certainly recognize MWB. They have had a hand in so many local and statewide marketing campaigns, many of which support the tourism industry. And you may be surprised, Kim, to know that this is Tim's life's work. I mean, he's been at this almost since college. He started there as an intern. I'm excited to hear more about his story. Let's start the show. Tim, can you share with us a little bit about who you are and about the work that you do? Sure. Paul, first, thank you for having me. You and Kim, thank both of you. Uh, It's an honor to be here and to talk about um, who I am and some of the work that I do. Uh, I am president of MWB. We are what um, I guess you would traditionally call uh, an advertising agency. Uh, I like to think we do a little more than that, go beyond those traditional advertising type things. I like to call us a creative company. We turned 50 years old last year. We're headquartered here in Jackson. The majority of the uh, work that we do is for uh, partner clients in and around Jackson and throughout this throughout the state of Mississippi. We do a little work um, out of state, but most of our work is focused on companies and organizations uh, within the state of Mississippi. Now, so little Tim Mask, he, he grew up always wanting to be an ad exec, right? Take me back. What were your earliest kind of career aspirations and how did you get into this business to start with? Astronaut. <laughs> and then I watched, uh, unfortunately, as the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded. And I was going down the list of like, uh, you know, alphabetically, astronaut, okay, advertising. Now, we'll, we'll go into advertising. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Always liked um, kind of the communications-y type fields. And, um, and, and Paul, this is, this is no lie. Um, I chose my major in college based on what we required the least amount of math. Everything required two credits of math except communications, which only required one. I took college algebra and made a C in it. The only C I made my entire college career and was done. And so uh, from that, the road was set from that point on. That's exactly how I landed in communications as well. One math class, (laughs) like one science class, I think. And then the rest of it, yeah, I can handle that. So you got into the ad business kind of in college as a communications major. What was that first foray into the ad business like? What was your first job in the ad business? I like to tell people I've never had a real job before I got into the ad business. I taught tennis lessons at a tennis club. Getting into the ad business is a funny story how that happened. I really forced gumped my way into a job. At one point, I thought I was going to trend more toward political communications and campaigns and things of that nature. Boy, that was a different time back then. I'm glad I didn't go that route. (laughs) More than you want to hear. The girl I was dating at the time had an uncle who I believe he was on the Ridgeland City Council. He knew a guy that was running for office. So he said, go volunteer for this campaign. Went and volunteered for that campaign. Got a uh, job in another campaign right after that. 
And the guy who I worked for uh, in the other campaign, uh, he did not win, but apparently, I guess, was impressed with me. And he happened to be the corporate attorney for the company that I work for now at the time. And he told me, he says, like, I can probably get you an internship there if you would be interested. And I said, sure. And then um, as of last year, my indentured servitude clause was up. <laughs> and uh, and by that time, I had made uh, president of the company. So I just decided, well, hey, we'll just stick this thing out and see what happens. OK, let's date you here. How many years ago was that? 1999. Oh, wow. So 22 years later, you are president and CEO of MWB. That's That's got to feel good to be in this position after all those years. Uh, you know, I can't complain. Once again, I like to say I've never had to have a real job. So I'm very thankful and blessed. Now, Tim, do you feel with Jackson being the capital city and being centrally located within our, our state that it has helped launch MWB? Oh, I, I think that the history and success of this company have been intricately tied to the city of Jackson. I like to joke that we've been um, Visit Jackson's partner agency since the city was founded in 1821. (laughs) We have been very honored and blessed to have been able to work with you guys for a long time. You know, there's the, the saying goes, so goes Jackson, so goes Mississippi. There's a lot of people that haven't believed that for a long time. I think attitudes are starting to change finally on that. I have to say, I I do not think that this company would look like it does today or be involved in some of the things that it's involved in today were we not not located uh, in the capital city. That makes a lot of sense, especially when you consider the close tie between tourism and legislature. Like there's so much there. And I think that all of us have benefited from being right here in the capital city because of those relationships and partnerships that we can build right here in Jackson. We kind of take it for granted in our state that the capital city is also going to be the largest city. That's not the case throughout the United States. In many other states, many prominent states like Texas or California or or New York, where the largest metropolitan areas are not one and the same with the with the seat of state government. So I think you know, we, while it's not totally unique, we are somewhat unique in that. And I, I do think that 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 benefits a lot of businesses that choose to locate here and a lot of organizations such as such as yours. Tim, I know there's a lot around you, I'm sure, that informs your world. There are a lot of things that that make your wheels spin. So I want to know what inspires you in the business that you're in to be creative, to be innovative, to think and to do more. Uh, the price of Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to answer your question, Paul, um, but it's related. In the first segment, we talked about uh, that I had been here over 20 years at the same company. And I know that's an unusual thing, especially now with all the job mobility that's out there. I tell people that I, I get bored fairly easily, which at first blush doesn't really jive with the fact that I've been at the same company for 20 years. But The blessing that I have here is that we work with such a variety of clients and our own initiatives and our own programs that it's almost like having many different jobs at one time. So that in and of itself, I think, helps to helps to really spur creativity and helps to always keep your wheels burning as far as pushing forward and and innovating and trying to stay on the on the leading edge of things. Cliche to say, but variety is the spice of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I do like, I do like it spicy. <laughs> You're also a big fan of the, uh, of the mouse out in California and Florida. How, does any of that inform your, your kind of view and your creativity? Uh, almost exclusively, Paul. <laughs> you know, my wife actually said it's like stepping into a dream 
back when you could hug the characters, it's like hugging your childhood, hugging your dream. Um, the, the whole world that Disney has built, not just Disney World, but the entire world that that, that, that company has built, if you think about it, it was it's ridiculous. It was built on a, on a black and white cartoon mouse that drove a steamboat. And now it's one of the largest media companies in the entire world. It's a meteoric rise. It's, it's amazing. And just to think of the imagination and creativity and, you know, quite honestly, elbow grease and sweat that went into building that is definitely inspirational for sure. Same amount of work it's taken to build MWB, right? Close second. <laughs> now, Tim, how do you feel that your work is making a difference, specifically here in Jackson and with tourism? And you mentioned that MWB and Visit Jackson have done a lot of work together for many years. So I kind of know about some of these other things that you've done. I mean, we could start with just your slogan, you know, we create for good. Can you share a little bit more about that and some of the other ways that you guys have made a difference? We were going through a kind of a transitional period a few years ago where we actually, we transitioned away from using our actual corporate name, which is uh, the um, last names of the three founders of the company and transitioned over to just our initials. So so we didn't sound like a law firm, to be honest, and uh, was really taking that time to look at ourselves and do the things for ourselves that we do for our partner clients as far as positioning and as far as branding. We started looking at our client list about some things that we were involved in, uh, some other initiatives, and found a common a common thread in that. And the, the common thread really was turning out to be that everything we were involved in, you could make a case that there was some kind of good for the community that would come from that. You know, we're, we're not selling toothpaste or tires or even, even automobiles. Most of our client list are organizations and companies that have some public benefit to what they're doing. Specifically on the tourism side, a tourism professional told me uh, not too long ago that tourism represents single purest form of economic development. And I know tourism and economic development, it does get lumped together a lot. Um, but I, I had personally never thought of it that way. But if you think about it, people that don't live where you are, that are not being supported by the community and the financial and the social system of that area, come to that area, they spend their money, and then they leave. That is 100% the purest form of, of economic development. And, uh, you know, the criticism about it, of that is, well, it's not it's not sustainable. But I would argue it's absolutely sustainable. To Paul's example of Disney World, that's a pretty damn sustainable economy there. They always say the best dollar spent in your city is a dollar that's not from your city. That's true, right? Absolutely. Absolutely true. MWB does a lot of work for other organizations, you know, like a collaborative effort, but you also come up with some things on your own to support your community. Good Food and Gratitude is a perfect example of how you guys try and support the community and the industry around you. Can you share with us a little bit more about that campaign and maybe some others that tie into it? Sure, Kim. Early on in the, in the pandemic, really the early stages of, of the lockdown, probably um, April-ish of 2020, when we were really working from our homes, we started a program, I don't call it a program, it was just a promotion that we were doing as a company, that we were feeding frontline healthcare workers from a Jackson area restaurant in an effort to both support the restaurant community and those frontline healthcare workers that were just being run ragged. Uh, my, my wife is a, actually a, a pharmacist. I have a little 
closer seat to see exactly what's happening in that world than a lot of people do. And we just thought that was, uh, you know, that was one of the small things that we could do to really help support two major uh, communities of people in Jackson. And uh, Visit Jackson was kind enough as we uh, as we picked up one week and then we uh, nominated Visit Jackson to pass it along to pick up the next week. And you guys did. Thank you for absolutely for doing that. We were absolutely happy to be part of it. That's for sure. Okay, Tim, if you had 24 hours to show off Jackson, no rules, no pandemic, where would you start? Where would you end? What would you make sure to highlight for a visitor? Wow, the no rules thing, really, uh, that could get dangerous real quick. <laughs> I, I think, Kim, again, at the risk of picking the low-hanging fruit, you have to see the Civil Rights Museum. The uh, New Mississippi Civil Rights Museum is absolutely a crown jewel uh, not just for Jackson, but for this the state, and I'd, I'd say the entire Southeast as a whole. It is it is amazing. It is so well curated. Quite frankly, s- some parts of it are difficult to get through, but I think it's uh, absolutely necessary. And that would be one of the that would be one of the absolute first things uh, that I would show off with the city of Jackson. I don't think it's a secret that everybody knows I enjoy a good pint or two. I think some of the the local eateries and pubs, especially in the Fondren district, would be uh, 100% something that that I would show off to to a visitor. Uh, The restaurant scene in Jackson continues to surprise people, not just in terms of good food, but in the spectrum of fare that you can get here. Uh, Everything from uh, Indian to Greek Mediterranean down to your... uh, down to your your traditional soul food. There's that great uh, Jamaican place uh, downtown that uh, everybody doesn't quite know what its hours are. And I don't know if the guys that run it know what its hours are either. But if you can catch them open, they have the absolute best jerk ribs I have ever had. A buddy of mine told me, hey, I'm going to take you here uh, for some of these uh, some of these Jamaican ribs, but don't plan on doing anything uh, that afternoon. You just need to take off. And he was right. They were excellent. And I took off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, where would you go then to maybe hear some live tunes, maybe check out some interesting culture in the city? Is the Wax Museum still open above Iron Horse? Yes, it is. It doesn't get any more culturally, I don't know, even know what the word is, culturally quirky than that. But <laughs> representing Jackson, that is amazing. Darth Vader and Elvis. So Darth that's Vader all, and that's Elvis. all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the Iron Horse and the Upstairs uh, Museum, that, that really kills two birds with that stone. <laughs> it does. Tim, where can we find out more about you and about the work that you get to do on a daily basis? You can uh, check out our website. It's uh, very simple, mwb.com. Uh, that has a lot of our a lot of our work on there. It has a lot of the tourism work uh, that we have done over the past uh, over the past few years there as well. Uh, you can follow our social media channels where at MWB create on Instagram and Twitter. And I believe our Facebook is still at Maris West Baker. Now, here's what we're loving in the city with soul, a segment where we talk about a place or a thing that has us really excited about Jackson. And today that is our tourism industry, not just here in Jackson but across the state of Mississippi. That's right, Paul. During the pandemic, we've all been seeking ways to safely welcome visitors back, back to our restaurants, attractions, even retail establishments. Tourism marketing had to really change up our messaging and our audience due to COVID-19 pandemic. 
it was more important than ever to market to the local community and to the people who live and work in Jackson. We began to focus on day trips and afternoon getaways, directing our efforts to our outdoor attractions and museums, even our Jackson art map. The cooperative tourism recovery efforts all across the state led to a tourism strong campaign. We all worked together to help change the state flag through the Mississippi Tourism Association and and other efforts. We all see how it benefits our image collectively. We're all supporting each other's works. And that's what makes tourism work here in the state of Mississippi. Absolutely. We're not competitors. Each of our cities and towns have their own stories to share about Mississippi's history, our culture, and our bright future. To learn more about efforts to welcome visitors back safely all across the state and our own efforts to welcome you back to Jackson, head to visitjackson.com forward slash safer travel. Soul Sessions is hosted by me, Paul Wolf, And me, Kim Lewis. Our show is produced by Visit Jackson in association with MWB Studios. Our executive producer is Ricky Thickpin. We were recorded and mixed by Parker Brewer. Our theme music is by Tania Sanders, recorded at Malico Studios right here in Jackson. Special thanks this episode to Tim Mask, Jonathan Pettis, and Mark Leffler. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kim Lewis. And I'm Paul Wolf. And you've been listening to Soul Sessions. Soul Sessions.